Welcome into the Magic Weekly Podcast, Monday, July 13th. I'm your host, Jake Chapman, fresh off of vacation week. We all took a break last week from the Magic Audio Network. I drove up to Cleveland to see my family in a very safe and distanced fashion. I'll have you know I had a great time. But now back and ready to go, and this thing is happening, folks. The campus is up and running out on Disney property. The Magic players, virtually everyone, uh, expected to play with the Magic, with the exception of Markel Fultz, uh, are on campus right now, and they're already practicing. Basically, everyone is there right now across the league. A few players haven't popped up just yet. Some of them we know why. Russell Westbrook, we found out today. He's not with the Rockets, but we found out today why. Uh, and that's because he has tested positive for the coronavirus. So certainly our thoughts are with Russ. Uh, he says he feels fine, but he's also encouraged everyone to take the virus seriously, to mask up. So again, I know I speak for the entire NBA family uh, when I say get well soon, Russ. And we hope to see you down here doing your thing with the Rockets just as quickly as humanly possible. But I want to take today's episode to, to kind of run through some audio uh, from our Zoom media availabilities after practice these last couple of days, uh, the Magic wrapping up essentially their first week of training camp today, had practice today on Monday. They'll take tomorrow off and then they'll be back at it uh, on Wednesday and went through a whole bunch of these Zoom media availabilities, pulled some audio for you. So we're going to hear from Coach Clifford. We're going to hear from MCW, DJ Augustine and from Mo Bamba um, as well. But I want to first go through some key dates here because we're going to be playing basketball in less than two weeks as far as scrimmages go. The very first NBA scrimmage on Disney campus will be the Orlando Magic and the L.A. Clippers, and that will be in nine days next Wednesday, July 22nd at 3 p.m. Magic and Clippers, we will have that game for you um, on 96.9 The Game and on Fox Sports Florida here in the Central Florida area. Uh, The Magic will play the Lakers on Saturday, July 25th. That'll be at noon. Uh, and then they'll wrap up the uh, scrimmage portion of the Disney campus experience. That'll be Monday, July 27th with the Denver Nuggets. And DJ Augustine was asked about these scrimmages yesterday uh, on Sunday after practice, the importance of games like this in this unique setting. I think anything that gets the juices flowing a little bit are going to be good for these guys. They've been off since mid-March for crying out loud. And if you notice, oh, by the way, the three teams, the Magic, Will scrimmage the Clippers, Lakers, and Nuggets. Those are the top three teams in the Western Conference. So Josh Cohen brought that up to DJ Augustine yesterday. Pretty prime competition uh, here in the uh, three scrimmage games for the Magic. And here's what DJ had to say about it. I think it's going to be good. You know, um, it, this is just like any other training camp when we're getting ready for a season. Uh, we're, we're playing against each other every day, and that could get kind of uh, boring or whatever you want to call it. So just to go against other people, um, and especially good teams is definitely going to see where we are as a, as a team at this moment and uh, getting us ready for the season for the, for the, the 31st. So um, I'm excited about the, the scrimmages, and uh, I think it's a good thing they inputted that. So, again, that'll be a good sort of ease into those final eight regular season games, the seeding games, as we're referring to them. Uh, and at this point, like I said earlier, uh, the campus is just about filled. Pretty much everyone is on Disney property at this point, media included, with just a few exceptions as far as players and coaching staff goes. Everybody's settling in, and Steve Clifford uh, raved about the accommodations as far as basketball operations go. He said he, his coaching staff, his training staff have absolutely everything they need. Uh, in terms of practice itself, to be honest, uh, we have everything that we need. I, I, I can't imagine a more uh, well-planned out, uh, comprehensive plan 
than what the league has put forward for all of us. Um, the facilities, it's really remarkable what they've been able to do, both the practice uh, facilities that we're using, along with the weight rooms that we have in every of the, each of the seven practice facilities. We've been in four of them now, and they're all, they're terrific. You get, there's nothing uh, that you would want for in terms of having good practices. Uh, and in terms of uh, safety, again, the commissioner had said it, uh, it'll be one of the safest places in the country, and it is. So um, other than, you know, staying in your own place, sleeping in your own bed, which obviously would be what everybody would like to do in, in, uh, in this very unique situation, it, I think it's absolutely remarkable what the league has organized. Cliff gave an update on Jonathan Isaac as well. This is what he said on Sunday after practice. He hasn't so far. He hasn't so far, but uh, he's also doing well. We did contact the first, uh, the last two days. Then actually uh, Mike Batiste and Rick Higgins did uh, stuff with him that actually involved, I would say, near contact type things where they were banging on him and, and uh, he responded well to that. And then Cliff, an update today. Uh, I don't have the audio right now, but from today's media session, he has said in terms of John, uh, J.I., being ready. I don't think we'll know that for two to three weeks. He's not able to play five on five just yet. He's made great progress. He's a terrific worker. So I couldn't say enough good things about him. It'll be difficult to know for a couple more weeks as far as J.I. being ready to go. Uh, will he or won't he play? And it's just such a tricky thing for everybody. I mean, injury concerns are so big right now um, for every front office across the league in this unprecedented sort of set of circumstances. Nobody ever takes a layoff like they've taken. Nobody ever, you know, there's there, there's no experience to draw on for any of these guys as far as injuries go. So there's a, a major concern that without the regular sort of natural progression and ramp up of a regular training camp, a preseason, then a regular season, and then you're diving into playoff basketball, typically after playing months and months of basketball, that's kind of a natural progression, whereas these seeding games are going to be very high in uh, high impact and high intensity, obviously, play, uh, teams fighting for for playoff positioning, and then we know that you know it's essentially a different sport when you're talking about postseason basketball. It's just ratcheted up uh, so many notches as opposed to the regular season. So you know this is going to be sort of an experiment and a big test for everybody as far as injuries go. A lot of concern certainly um, about injuries and, and and the propensity for those things. And so then to further complicate things with a player coming off injury like Jonathan Isaac, it's a very, very big decision to be made. And you cannot just go back to the original timeline in January. Um, this has sort of upset any natural rehab uh, sort of timeline that was put in place at that point. Um, so they're going to have to take this on a very case-to-case basis as far as injuries go. And with a guy like J.I., you have to be very, very careful and, you know, overconfident that he is ready to get back on the floor. So uh, we'll see. You know, I think it'll take a couple of weeks to see how he responds. You know, hopefully I think the next step would be, is he getting into five-on-five five practices at full contact and at full speed? And once he gets over that hump, then you'll be pretty close to getting him back. But until he does that, um, I would think the Magic will, will, will practice uh, precaution as far as getting J.I. back on the floor. He's so important to the future of this franchise, and, and you would hate to see him jeopardize um, next season by rushing back. And again, you know, the timeline that was set forth in January, that thing got blown up 
uh, in mid-March when uh, when basketball was sidelined, and, and then especially when the practice facilities closed uh, across the league a couple weeks after that. All right, let's go back to DJ Augustine. He was asked about the night sessions they're having, the Magic focusing on defense uh, in film sessions at night right now, and the early couple days of practice. Uh, what's DJ seen so far? Uh, I think we're ahead. Um, you know, just the way we're practicing, uh, it looks like one of our practices before the before the hiatus. So it, it looks like guys are in, in good shape. Um, obviously, we're a little sore. We've been practicing and doing a lot of things in the last three days. But uh, just as far as us playing together and, and, you know, running offense and stuff, everybody looks to be on track and still with that same rhythm we had before the season ended. So um, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. What are those nighttime sessions like, the walkthroughs in the ballroom? I know you guys do those at various times, but is that just kind of a, a good way to kind of refresh on defense? Yeah, for sure. You know, if we didn't do that, we'd just be sitting in our rooms. Um, so uh, it's good that coach has us getting out of the rooms in the middle of the day, you know, to, to walk through stuff, keep our minds fresh on defense and coverages. And uh, that's just that's just the stuff we're going over. We're preparing for the playoffs. Um, you know, we're going over different scenarios that could happen against maybe the Bucks, Toronto, whoever we may be playing. So uh, I think it's a, it's a good thing that Coach is doing that with us. And then one more from DJ Augustine before we move on, because I like this question from Nick Ferdell from ESPN. He said, what did DJ bring onto the Disney campus? And after just a few days, does he already have regrets? Is he already thinking about stuff that he should have brought? Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't even know what I paid. I just was throwing stuff in bags. I, I, I didn't know how to pack for this. But um, like you said, now that I'm, I've settled in a little bit, um, I really don't need much, man. Just just my laptop, my phone, and uh, you know things like that. I'm I'm good. We're practicing all day and, and having meetings, so that's what we're really here for and uh, to handle business. And I want to stop there real fast because I think it's interesting. Like so much has been made about how uncomfortable the situation is going to be with all the players on Disney property, with all the safety precautions being taken, the need to distance socially, uh, all the downtime they're going to have. You know. Uh, the quarantine's in place for people as they first get onto um, Disney property. And I just want to add this. Let's keep in mind that these are professional athletes. And during basketball season, their days typically consist of just that, of, of working out, practicing, eating, sleeping, and playing games. And that's what this entire experience is going to be uh, on the Disney campus. So I'm guessing a lot of players feel like DJ, like these guys are hoopers. Give them a gym, give them a comfy bed, food. Uh, you know, somewhere to rehab, uh, a, a good training staff and a good training room, maybe a PlayStation for for downtime or an Xbox or whatever they play these days. And most of them are going to be just fine. Like this is, it's like an extended road trip. It's not ideal, obviously. And of course, I don't want to diminish the sacrifice the players are making because being away from your family for any uh, length of time, especially as long as, as some of these guys are going to be, that is a, a, a big sacrifice. But I think some people have images of players just sitting in their hotel rooms for hours on end. And you got to keep in mind during basketball season, basketball players play basketball and that is more than a full-time job. So, um, you know, I think everybody's kind of like DJ, like, you know, I'm going to go to meetings. I'm going to go to practice every day. I'm going to make sure I get my rehab in. I'm going to make sure I rest up, eat right. And we're here. It's a business trip. We're here to play basketball. And certainly there's plenty of basketball uh, to be played coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, okay, let's move on. A lot of excitement about Mo Bamba. He did a Zoom Sunday uh, with the media after practice. And if he looked like a whole new person, it's because he essentially is. I mean, 28 pounds of added weight since March for Mr. Bamba. That's what he's quoted um, as saying. And if you saw any pictures of him on that Zoom, I mean, the dude's shoulders, he looks like he gained 28 pounds 
in his traps alone. Um, he looks outstanding, and he spoke Sunday about all that uh, all that added mass. It's pretty noticeable. Um, you know, my, my mentality the whole entire time we were quarantining was to, to, to gain an inch every day. And it really took literally every day going through it um, to, to get to where I am. Uh, it took changing my diet. It took, it took you know, intense workouts and, and just leaning onto the – uh, the magic, you know, strength and conditioning staff to to provide a plan for me. And then, as for how functional that added weight is, that's the important part to me. Like adding weight is good, but you can't lose the things you had before, like the athleticism, the touch on the jumper. If you're Mo Bamba, you have to add functional weight, and Mo understands that. And I thought he uh, he expressed that pretty eloquently. I mean, I didn't have anything to do at home other than they they brought in literally like half the weight room. <laughs> um, and I didn't have anything else to do but but to lift and to, to, to work on my diet. Uh, I got a chef um, early on, about like midway through March. Uh, and ever since then, I've been eating, you know, five, six meals a day uh, and lifting for about an hour, an hour and a half. Has the added weight at all made you uh, less mobile or are you as mobile as you as you were before? Uh, I feel as mobile as before, but it definitely took some extra work, um, you know, gaining 20 something pounds is, is no joke. You really feel it on your joints, but um, I had to get into the mentality of I'm going to have to run at this weight, I'm going to have to jump at this weight, and I'm going to have to move laterally at this weight um, to feel good at it. And I truly feel good at this weight. And then last, you wonder I mean, he said all I did was work out and eat for the last four months. Um, that's the easiest way, I would think, to add 28 pounds of added mass. But he said something, he said something that I think we can all relate to. We all know what it's like to wake up at 4 a.m and go get yourself a snack. It definitely wasn't easy. It was something that I had to really work at um, every single day. Uh, and I had to make myself uncomfortable. I had to wake up a few times at three, four o'clock in the morning just to get some extra calories and extra meal. Um, and I had to wake up early to, to, to get that, that early breakfast, that early big breakfast. Um, it was definitely uncomfortable at, at, at first, but as I gotten used to it, um, it became a lot easier. So that's intriguing. Certainly Mo Bamba, a, a very big part of the future of this franchise. First two seasons, uh, certainly his rookie year, sidelined um, by injuries. But I think we saw him take steps last year. And he Mo still has a long way to go. And there are days where um, where you wonder if it's ever all going to click into place. And there are days where you see those tools and you go, you know, this guy's actually pretty close for it all clicking into place. And with young big men, especially guys who are built like Mo. Um, it was always going to be a four or five year project to get his body into um, the shape it needs to be to, to withstand the rigors of an 82 game NBA season, especially as a big man. So this is a great sign. And I do think I think it might take him a little bit more time in this setting um, to get comfortable with all that added weight. But because that takes time, no matter what, you can add all that weight and you can say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the right mindset and I'm and I'm getting used to playing this way. But 28 added pounds in an NBA game is going to be a little bit different for Mo. But um, I think being able to put that weight on, you know, sort of in kind of a crash course over the last couple months and kind of expediting that growth, like this is where we want you to play moving forward. And now it's on you to figure out how best um, to utilize that added mass. I think that's going to be a good thing. Just think about setting screens. Mo's had problems with that early on in his career, making sure you're boxing out, making sure you're putting that butt on somebody's hip. Um, and, and, and sort of directing them uh, with your midsection. That's a big part of grabbing rebounds. On the flip side, um, banging down on the block and, and, and post defense. Um, you've seen, you know, guys, and sometimes it's grown man strength, but sometimes it's just 
I weigh 40 more pounds than you, you know, Mo can get beat up a little bit down on the low block. And so that's going to be a big thing moving forward for him is being able to to keep that weight on, uh, which can be very difficult once you get into the NBA season, uh, and then being able to work with it functionally and and maintain those two things that we love so much about Mo Bamba, the jumper, uh, the touch on the jumper, and the anticipation, being able to block shots um, with those God-given long arms and athleticism that he has. So excited to see Mo moving forward. And uh, and hopefully it's it's one of those things where he looks like a whole new player out on the floor because he certainly looks like a whole new person uh, right now. Anyways, last but not least, an extended cut from Michael Carter Williams. I want to mention him. Um, how could the team get back to how well they were playing in early March? MCW weighed in on that. And then part two here. I left the question in the middle. Part two is: Does this unique set of circumstances make every team feel like they have a chance to win the championship this year? Because I mean, if you think about it, you know, 16 teams, maybe it'll be 18 if you got play-in games on either side, are going to have a chance at a championship this year after eight seeding games. And every team has gone through this unprecedented change. So, yes, there's going to be seeding. Yes, we still have the records from before. Yes, I think probably the two L.A. teams in the middle, in the Bucks are your favorites. But would it shock anybody if – if one of those three teams got bounced in the first round of the playoffs this year because of an injury or because they never quite found their rhythm or maybe because they didn't treat the eight play-in games um, like, you know, regular season games. They were just trying to get through them without injuries. There is so much on the table right now and so much, um, so many different outcomes, I think. Typically headed into the postseason, you get an idea of a couple teams who are going to win the championship. And I really think this year it could be a total crapshoot. And that's very exciting to a team um, at the bottom of the playoff ladder like the Magic right now, hoping to snag that seven seed, sitting currently in the eight seed. Yes, you want to get in, but you get in and you slide up to that seven seed, and I think anything can happen. Here's what MCW had to say about it. Oh, yeah. You know, I think we got a taste of it. Um, You know, the rhythm that we can have, how we can play. um, You know, I I think that's what we're trying to build to. We know it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be, you know, tomorrow, but, you know, it's going to have to be, you know, sooner than, you know, we probably thought. So uh, we're just, you know, taking it day by day and trying to really lock in, pay attention and, and you know, just excel each day because, you know, we want to get to that feeling where, you know, we're all in rhythm. We're all playing together. Everybody's, you know, in sync on defense. We're pushing the pace and, uh, you know, we're scoring from inside and out. So, um, you know, our goal is to get back to that. And, and that's how we want to feel going into the playoffs. Mike Cliff has talked about that there's so many variables, no home court advantage, no fans, long layoffs, that the playoffs could be up in the air more than ever. Do you get a sense of that, that, you know, there, there may be some upsets, there may be some craziness because there's so many variables? Yeah, no, I think so. I think it works out for, you know, the teams that are, you know, on the lower end of the playoffs and, you know, you know uh, the, the good teams or the higher seeded teams aren't, aren't in rhythm. Um, you know, it, it's anybody's game, really, the, the people who are locked in and focused and, you know, who, who are in shape, you know, during this time off are, are the ones that are better off. And, you know, I think there is going to be some upsets. Um, you know, I think people are going to, you know, try to jump on others early and, you know, try to do some damage. So certainly good to be hearing from the guys, them out on campus. Look, everything is new. Everything is different. We're going to be doing Zoom media availabilities for the rest of the year. Um, but we are less than two weeks away from NBA basketball, a scrimmage, uh, albeit, but NBA basketball on the radio, on television, coming up on July 22nd. Um, that is music to my ears. I hope it is yours as well. I would encourage everybody 
to check out all of our podcast offerings this week. Joel Glass, our chief communications officer, my boss, is on campus uh, at Disney with the team. Look, each team, this is funny, each team only gets like a handful of staff allowed. I mean, everybody was supposed to limit it, um, I think, to 35 people per team. And so Joel, our chief communications officer, is there, and he is organizing, you know, he's, he's doing the uh, the media relations aspect of it. He's order, uh, organizing um, interviews and, and all that stuff, all the Zoom um, interviews, and he's helping out every which way he can um, as a public relations or media relations or communications guy uh, typically would. But Dante told me today that uh, Steve Clifford asked Joel over the weekend, could he help out with practice? because they only have so many bodies um, per team. And look, you need guys to rebound and you need guys to help out and set some screens. So um, they've, the Magic and, and teams across the league have had to be certainly creative um, as far as personnel and, and, and guys wearing different hats. But we're going to hear from Joel tomorrow on the pod squad. I'm sure we'll hear that story. Uh, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he was able to get into practice and maybe lace up a couple jumpers. Uh, I know Joel had a pretty sweet jumper back in the day. So we'll hear from Joel tomorrow. Uh, we're going to hear from Steve Clifford moving forward. Pod Squad is going to gear back up and, and start giving you reports each week with Dante and George. Uh, we'll have Jeff and David Steele back in the mix. Jeff Turner and David Steele back in the mix coming up soon as well. But uh, we'll be checking in from the Disney campus. As far as Pod Squad goes, we've got Joey Colon and Uno Auno coming out on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we're going to bring back the Advent Health High Performance Podcast I did it for the first couple of weeks during the pandemic, checking in with our training staff and the uh, good folks at Advent Health, making sure we were keeping everybody safe uh, and figuring out exactly what the training staff for the Magic did through the pandemic and through quarantine to make sure their players were staying healthy and staying in shape at home. Uh, I really enjoyed doing that podcast. We were able to sort of um, tie it to us, to people at home, um, coming up with healthy habits, both mentally, emotionally, and physically to make sure we're staying healthy. Um, during all this. Certainly all of those uh, issues still germane to the public conversation. Uh, but on Thursday, we're going to jump on with Dr. Coleman uh, from Advent Health, and we're going to bring in Ernest Eugene from the Magic Training Staff. Dante and I are going to, and we're just going to revisit all of that information, and we're going to sort of rehash what everybody did while they were at home um, on quarantine and on lockdown, and what Advent Health is doing to keep everybody here in Central Florida safe, what they're doing with the Magic team as well, administering all of the safety precautions um, out on Disney campus. So we'll check in with the guys from Advent Health and from the Magic training staff. That will be on Thursday. Dante and I will both tag team that one. I think that's going to be an interesting podcast as well. And just today, another down-the-road podcast dropped with Nick Runowitz from the Lakeland Magic. He caught up with Jonah Edwards from the Magic Gaming team, our head coach, uh, and they talked about Magic Gaming a bit as well. All of our podcasts available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Apple, iTunes, obviously, Spotify as well. So make sure you check it out. This has been Magic Weekly. Jake Chapman here. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Jake Chapman OM. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Magic Weekly Podcast. Have a great week and, of course, a very safe week, everybody.